Welcome to Current Situation, your weekly political pulse. I'm your host, Joshua Gale, alongside South Carolina State House Representative Jordan Pace. Every week, our goal is to help you navigate the complex world of politics through biblically conservative perspectives. Before we jump into today's conversation, we want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Charleston Engagement Rings. Hey, hey. I'm Matt Frost, founder of Charleston Engagement Rings, a private jeweler based in Charleston, South Carolina. I help couples all over the country find the perfect engagement rings, lab-grown diamonds, and other fine jewelry. Unlike chain stores, I'm not tied to only certain manufacturers who have big markups. We save people 30 to 50% on average because we don't have the overhead cost of having a storefront or owning the inventory. To save you time, I have all my diamonds overnighted. Those diamonds can be placed in a setting in as little as three days. And if we can't find the perfect engagement ring, I will work with you to create a custom ring for a fraction of the price in as little as seven to 10 days instead of four to eight weeks for most jewelry stores. If this sounds like how you want your jewelry experience to be, reach out to us today through social media or by phone at 843-951-9250. Today, we're diving deep into the heart of local and state politics that matter to biblically conservative Christians. We'll explore how faith intersects with policy and how listeners can engage more effectively in politics. Now, Jordan, I've I've known you for many, many, many years, and um, I've just always known you as a statesman, and I've known you um, as a Christian, and I've known you um, in the political arena. So I'm always usually at capacity. And over the years, you've become my political insider. And you've helped me become less apathetic towards politics and more engaged. Um, and so I wanted to give that same thing to our listeners, sure. to our friends. I want to give that to the, the, the capital C church in South Carolina mm-hmm. to say, hey, let's become less apathetic towards politics. Uh, I'm giving you access to a political insider. Uh, let's listen to see what Jordan has and that, how we can get more engaged in politics. Um, so before we get into all of that, you know, can you tell us how you incorporate your faith into your political decisions and and kind of what journey have you been on um, in discovering all this? Yeah, uh, I, I've had a a desire to be involved in politics probably since I was a teenager. Uh, I remember arguing when I was probably like 10 or 12 years old with my grandpa about whether uh, Mark Sanford or, or Peeler should be governor, uh, which is not a normal thing for you know, a 10 year old to, to do, but I was also raised in church. Uh, and I mean, like my mom was still works for a church. My grandmother was a church secretary for 20 years. I was literally raised inside you know, the church walls. Um, so those two things, despite what a lot of uh, folks would tell you today, Historically, those two things have gone together. Uh, and modern Christians here in America, here in South Carolina, we often get hit, sometimes even with, within the church, of you know, separation between church and state uh, mm-hmm. as, as this supposedly a, a, a wall between them, uh, when that is not at all what Thomas Jefferson meant when he kind of created that, that phrase. Um, he actually explains that to a letter to a group of Baptists a few years after uh, the Constitution was ratified. What did he mean by that? And it certainly was not that the church has nothing to do with politics, that Christians have nothing to do with politics. It was, in fact, to protect the church from the government uh, and not the other way around. Uh, So the reality is, from my perspective, if you believe something, if you have faith and you believe what the Bible has to say and that it's true, 
it has to affect all the other decisions in your life. What you eat, how you spend your money, how you raise your kids, how you vote. Uh, all of those things have to be affected profoundly by what you believe. Or I would argue you might not believe what you say you believe. That's uh, good. We see that in in scripture. Like Jesus tells the disciples, how do you how do you uh know what someone believes is by the fruit that you know that they that you see on them. Uh so that that's the broad perspective of of like the decisions made uh, made in the voting booth and in my case in the state house at, at my desk where I vote on bills, uh all comes down to what do I actually believe? Do I actually believe the Bible is true? That's good. And there's a lot of um escapism um you know that Christians have towards politics. And I think you hit the nail on the head with one, which is a, um, a misunderstanding of separation of church and state. That's, that's mm -hmm. a huge one. Um, you know, this thing that we've bought into that we shouldn't talk about politics. It's not polite, you know, that we don't talk about religion and politics and those two right. things, but which, that's that why we're me, in the place that we're in. That makes me the world's worst dinner guest. That was my, you know, we went to college together. My, my degree is in religion and politics. That's right. That's right. And I, I don't, I, and I think the world knows that conservative Christians have a weakness mm. that um, we tend to be apathetic towards this. We'll say, hey, you know what, guys, let's go in the closet and let's pray about this. And mm. that's, that's the, our only defense. Right. And, and I think that's a, you know, the big other, other misunderstanding is who is Jesus? And, and there's a, there's a lot in the scripture that you could take out of context and you can choose your Jesus. You can literally choose to only follow Jesus, the Lamb of God, instead of Jesus, who is the Lamb of God and the Lion of Judah. Mm -hmm. You know, that the God is loving, but Jesus was also a, a warrior. And there's a lot in Scripture that shows us that. And, um, you know, our, our defense can't be that we just go and we pray about this and we're not involved in anything political. And that's why we're in the position that we're in now. Mm -hmm. um, as conservative Christians and our values, you know, that we all understand are, are under attack and, and, uh, cause we're an easy target. Right. Um, we literally don't fight back cause we don't understand Jesus, the warrior. Mm -hmm. So can you speak into that as well? Yeah, I think there's a few different reasons why that is. Uh, and in some cases it's a, it's a belief that like how uh, the world's going to end soon. Yeah, I, I think Left Behind probably had a more profound impact on a lot of people, the way people look at this than it should have for a fiction book. Uh, you know, this is in our home. You hear that a lot, too, in, in kind of these circles. Well, look at the Bible. The Bible has uh, two really good examples. If you if your perspective is that the, the end is coming soon, this is in our home. Well, when Israel gets taken into captivity into Babylon, you would see that uh, toward the end of the Old Testament. In Jeremiah, he tells them, even though this isn't your home, the God's expectation for you in Babylon, in exile, is to, to build up that city, take care of your family, do well by your neighbors, and be a shining example of what God wants you to be, even though you're, that's not your home. Mm -hmm. uh, on the other perspective, from kind of a post-millennial or amillennial, uh, you know, if you look at end times, attitudes, Look at Nehemiah. Nehemiah goes gets sent back out of that exile when the exile is coming to an end. The king of Persia sends him back home to Jerusalem. 
He starts building up the walls again to protect his home, to defend his family, his society. And he's when he's attacked, he instructs the people there to build the wall with a, a trowel in one hand, like a tool in one hand and a sword in the other. So you're not supposed to just passively take it. Uh, so build, build it up and defend yourself. Those, are, those go hand in hand. That is the Bible's definition of loving, uh, of loving your neighbor. It's yeah. both of those things. And real quick, you know, before we move on, um, you know, you and I have also been on different spiritual journeys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my world, I've been on, a, you know, more of a, of a, of a charismatic journey. Uh, I've had some incredible experiences with God, some encounters with God. And, and as my wife and I are worship leaders, and, you know, that's just where we've been. And, and, you know, you're on a, on a, a side, you know, that's, how would you explain your, your spiritual journey? Reformed-ish. Uh, reformed okay. Yeah. Yeah. Reformed Baptist. So we're not, you know, when we come together, we joke about this all the time. This is, you know, we you and I focus on keeping the main thing, the main thing. And the right. main thing is, is Jesus and the word of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, and we're constantly holding things up to the word of God, which is our compass. It, it literally is yeah. what is up, what is right, what is correct, all those things. And, and, uh, you know, we often, as as conservative Christians, fall into this political playbook where we're able to be divided and siloed, um, mm-hmm. and and there's political plays that we constantly follow. And um, I I'm, was reading in Matthew sixteen one, and the often opponents, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, often opponents, right, mm-hmm. had a little bit some different beliefs, right, about the coming oh, yeah. Messiah, but they usually joined forces to come against Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we often will see a political playbook where there's a lot of groups that are often opponents that would love to join forces to come against conservative Christians and to mm-hmm. come against the church. Yeah. And Jesus was very clear um, in Matthew 16, 5, comparing, um, you know, the title of that chapter in 16, 5 as the leaven of the Pharisees. Uh, and, you know, sharing that, you know, let's keep the main thing, the main thing. Um, and let's keep our focus on, uh, let's not get into this debate and let's not get into this religious spirit, um, uh, that, you know, often we see from Sadducees and Pharisees, but let's keep the main thing, the main thing. And that's what you and I are trying to do is let's, let's hold up everything. We're not looking at the world. Mm-hmm. We don't look to the world for our joy. We don't look to the world for anything. We're not, um, we're not even, um, and a lot of Christians. Another part of the escapism is that we're we become so emotional and so angry when journalists use cheap emotional catalysts to bring us into this anger to divide us. That's another political pay- playbook: is divide and conquer. If oh, yeah. I can make the groups angry using cheap journalism, cheap words, mm-hmm. siloing people into different groups, then we can divide and conquer, and they'll be useless uh, when they're not together. And I feel like the church has been asleep. The church is not united in an incredible way to where we could be unstoppable, to where the gates of hell could not overcome the church. Um, And so that's, you know, that's where we are. We're we're holding up things to the word of God. 
Um, and that's what we promise on this on this podcast. You know, to, we're not always going to preach on this podcast. You'll probably hear me talk more about scripture and things right now than you you certainly will. Our promise to our listeners is that trust us. You know that that we're upfront. We want to be extremely authentic about who we are, but yeah. we're going to talk about things that are happening politically on the local, state, and sometimes a national level. And we want to hold it up to this biblically conservative lens and tell you our thoughts and what we can do as conservative Christians. Yeah. So in the way that I tend to look at it is, uh, what does the Bible say about it? And, and, and that's not, that's not that uncommon. You, you people have probably heard that a hundred thousand times. You I know, mean, what does the Bible say about it? But also how does the Bible say to do what the Bible says about it? And that's something I think we've lost, uh, kind of broadly is, you know, every, everybody knows that the, the Jesus's instruction to love your neighbor. And that was thrown at us a lot, uh, over the last few years, whether it was to get, you know, to get a certain shot or not shot or to wear a mask or not wear a mask or like this, this phrase came back and forth and back and forth. Well, what does the Bible, how does the Bible say to love your neighbor? There's instructions on how to do that. Uh, we find that in the old Testament and the new Testament, things like, uh, the, about a dozen, passages of scripture and four of which are in, in Proverbs about how God hates uh, unequal weights and measurements. Like, what does that mean? Basically, that means God hates it when you cheat other people. Uh, and he hates it. And a few of those are directed toward government when the government allows fraud or encourages fraud. Uh, so there's ways in the Bible. Uh, not, it's not just, it's good to feed the poor. It's good to uh, you know, the church's responsibility and the individual's responsibility about taking care of you know orphans and widows, but it's also important to look at uh, things that, you know, in the law uh, about. There's things in the law about putting up uh, like fences in their cases around their the roofs of their house, but in our case, it's more like balconies. We actually have a piece of legislation about balcony safety and having those inspected because. Or, or balconies and porches because we had one collapse and you know, somebody died, people get hurt. So there's, there's things like that all throughout the Bible. And like, that's a lot of times how I'll look at bills in the state houses. Is there uh, not necessarily scripture about like taxes or artificial intelligence or whatever the, the issue, the bill is of the day, but is there a, a general uh, principle that's taught from scripture about how to love our neighbor effectively uh, on whatever that subject is. Wow. So that's hopefully something we can share throughout this podcast is like, how do you, how do you build that worldview and that framework to make those decisions as a voter? Uh, and as you're looking at politicians that you're going to be voting for. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Jordan, um, on your, on your political journey journey that you've been on, um, you know, help help us cut through the clutter. You know, we're about to have uh, a flood of political yeah. things come at us. This is a major, major, major political year. Oh, yeah. um, as you can tell, there's there's more happening than there has ever happened before. There's there's so much at stake, um, but there's a lot of uh, you will see the political playbooks unfold. Um, mm -hmm. And one of our goals is to expose the political playbooks. But also educate our listeners. Um, you know, one thing that that I love to say, and and I use this in, in, in a lot of areas, in parenting and and everything else, finances, everything, and it, and it's no different with politics. 
the enemy or you know satan whatever you know what you want to say does not discriminate towards ignorance so our lack of knowledge and understanding which the bible talks about that as well our lack of lack of knowledge and understanding of the word of god you know Mm -hmm. satan doesn't doesn't care how ignorant you are towards things financially politically you know anything relationships or anything and sometimes we often play right into a snare a trap of the enemy because of of our lack of knowledge and understanding um so there's a lot of things that that I want underst- re- listeners to understand so that we're not completely ignorant towards things of of politics and legislation and government um so can you sh- can you tell us some things you know that everybody's not who they say they are you know and and a lot of people have a bad yeah. taste in their mouth about who politicians are you know yeah. even you and I and our generation we have a hard time. We're very skeptical with government and we we have a hard time Senate, trusting. Senate. Right. It's been our entire life. Um, mm-hmm. So Jordan, uh, you know, speak into what you've seen and, and, and ways that we can make sure that we're not falling into this, these political playbooks. Sure. Uh, so I, the first thing I'd encourage folks to do is uh, think about the, in, the incentives of uh, where you're getting information. So, whether it's uh, news, TV news, internet news, radio, you know, whoever, politicians, nonprofit groups, everybody's got an agenda and everybody's got incentives on why they're doing the thing they're doing. Just like you have an incentive on why you go to work. It's usually to get paid. Uh, Mm -hmm. Maybe have some fulfillment there, you know, too. But everybody works on incentives. This is just kind of a general economic principle uh, that, so if you're hearing from a particular news source that like nothing but fear is coming from this news source, all they do is drive like this scary thing, this scary thing, this scary thing. Maybe stop and think, why do they keep pushing the scary things? It might be that there actually are some scary things uh, that are legitimately worthy of your concern. But also those things, those things get clicks. And those things get likes and shares on the social media side. Same thing uh, on the on the more of the corporate media side, TV news, even in local TV news. Like, who are the advertisers? You know, it seems the last few years, like if if the advertiser is a pharmaceutical company, and I, and all the news is pointing to, you know, do this medical procedure, it might be worth considering. Maybe they, maybe they're being influenced by that, or if there's a politician who gets a bunch of donations from one particular group or uh, one particular like lobby lobbying organization. Do you think maybe they have that weighing on their, their mind when they take votes and when they talk about issues? So think about the incentives. That's what I like. Don't take things at face value. Paul's talking to, in one of his letters that the Bereans tested, tested the spirits and then they, basically did their homework when it come when it came to what what they were being told uh they compared it to scripture what they knew about scripture and if it didn't jive then they rejected it so, you know if it didn't if it didn't stick with what they knew to, in in scripture they said they want any part of it and paul praised that like that's a good thing so think about what the incentives are compare it to scripture if someone says hey we need a i don't know spend a several hundred million dollars on uh, of your tax money on project X and 
you know, Project X is going to bring, you know, they're claiming they're going to bring 400 jobs or 1,000 jobs to this area. Uh, they're going to, tr- that, that's something that happens a lot, and especially has happened a lot in South Carolina and in the part of South Carolina we live in. We have a lot of big companies that have come in and provided a lot of jobs. What I'd encourage folks to do is next time you see that in the news, you know, such and such companies bring in however many jobs or investing however many billions, look and see how much the taxpayer is on the hook for. You know, is it going to cost half a million dollars per job in taxpayer money to get those jobs? Eh, maybe that's not worth it, especially since it's going to be small businesses that are effectively paying for those uh, through their taxes. So that's what I mean by like, consider the source. Uh, is that biblical? Like in that scenario, what, what does the Bible say about unequal weights and measures? Like, is it, is it fair to tax money from a small business over here to hand to a big giant business over there? I would say probably not, uh, but we do that all the time. So things like that, I, I for my Time in politics, there's a lot of spin, and it takes a lot of effort to cut through that spin. Uh, but if you build a framework of of worldview and principle, like build the principles by which you look at this stuff, and build up a, a, a wide variety of trustworthy voices in your life, hopefully this podcast will be one of those. Uh, but uh, other people around you who are, who are paying attention to these things, trustworthy organizations that have a biblical uh, mindset on how they look at things. It can help you cut through that spin and cut through that those agendas to understand what's actually going on. Because uh, God is not a God of confusion, but the enemy is. Uh, Absolutely. A, if if you if the listeners uh, have ever heard of this book, it's called The Screw Tape Letters by C.S. Lewis. It's a great book. It's, it's fiction, um, but essentially C.S. Lewis is uh, taking the perspective of like a like a senior demon writing to his nephew, teaching him how to uh, tempt a human and confuse this human, and you know basically spin this this guy and knock him off track. But it's a it's a pretty good book to read to, to kind of understand that spiritual warfare that's happening around us, uh, whether we want to admit it or not. Right. And I think, you know, and I, I want to ask you about some other uh, books that we're going to have on our website, currentsituationpodcast.com. We're going to we're going to list those books. So we're going to have um, links to different resources on our website. So make sure that you're heading over there, currentsituationpodcast.com. You know, Jordan, um, just thinking about different, you know, more political playbooks and things like that. Um, and as you were speaking, I had, an, I had another thought, you know, that, that we are as, as uh, citizens responsible and accountable to those who represent us um, yeah. locally at the state level and, and the national level, we're responsible for those people. And it's up to us to do our due diligence to say, you know, how are they spending our taxpaying dollars? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, to, to hold them up to a high standard of, um, being fiscally responsible with number one, not, you know, donations uh, that they're receiving and who, who is paying for their campaign and, and seeing the motives there. And then, you know, are they really voting and looking at their voting record? Um, So what can you tell us about voting records uh, at the state level, you know, things like that. 
and how we can still, you know, it doesn't matter what area of the state that we're in, um, mm -hmm. that we can kind of be in the know of how our representative is representing us. Their vote counts for us and represents mm -hmm. us. And usually, um, you know, what, as I got more involved in politics, I'm like, well, you know, if they're representing me with their vote and my tax, tax paying dollars, I need to know the heck, what the heck they're doing. And I've yeah. discovered that there's some rhinos out there. So if you could also explain what, what sure. rhinos are and, and, um, you know, and, but also that we can work even, you know, political parties are broken, hmm. you know, and, and we're also, when we get divided into parties and sides of the line, things like that, we're, we're playing into a political playbook as well. Yeah. We can work with others that, that, you know, without judgment, we can come to agree on things. We can come to work together. You've worked with other folks on, on different, you know, belief systems and different worldviews. Um, so kind of talk about like, you know, how we can be responsible for, um, you know, those that are representing us. Sure. So on the state level, it's actually probably easier than the local level to keep track of what your representative is doing or, or your senator. There are, one, there's the website, uh, in South Carolina, it's secstatehouse.gov. Uh, it's pretty easy to go in if you have a bill that you're trying to track about an issue you want. Uh, you can kind of type that in, we'll pull it up. You can pull up all the votes, subcommittee votes, everything. Uh, there's also several organizations in the state that do something called a scorecard. Uh, it won't be, some are more comprehensive than others, but they'll, basically create a, a list of like, here are some important bills, some important issues and give a, a breakdown of how every rep and every Senator voted on those bills. So whether it be abortion bills or tax bills or spending or economic development, whatever uh, they'll now keep in mind what we were saying earlier, these organizations are going to have an agenda. You know, they may have a particular uh, worldview that's good or bad, may, you know, biblical or not. But there's going to be a lot of scorecards, uh, and at minimum, tell you how the how that rep voted. On the, or you could just ask them. I mean, that that might be the most direct way. Is if you if there's an issue you care about, call your representative or senator, or email them and ask them how do you plan to vote on this? How did you vote on this? I've heard a lot of you know, whether it's Mennonites or Amish or there's a handful of folks and Anabaptists that just don't vote and don't get involved. Uh, just totally shut it off. And so I've heard some people say like, I just don't pay enough attention. I don't, I don't want to vote or just don't want to spend the time in a Republic, which is what we live in. Uh, the government, you are responsible for your government. There's, uh, there's H.L. mentioned, Mankin said something along the lines of uh, people get the government that they, that they deserve, uh, which I think by and large is often true. Uh, collectively as a society, the more people, shut you know just don't participate uh the more the people who do participate have a say and that as that shrinks you see the results it's not just a selfish christian thing it's something i've heard quite a bit at state houses uh, some reps saying like hey i'm a christian and i believe the same things you do i just don't want to force it on everybody else which is a load of hogwash every time mm -hmm. we vote we're voting our beliefs uh so it's just more compromise every time you have the opportunity every to time. vote. There's room for compromise. Yeah. And the, the more time. we compromise, the more you show your true character. You know, 
that, that's but good. that doesn't mean we can't work with others. Like you were saying, I, I had a, I got a bill passed with a Democrat, uh, the longest serving Democrat in the house. We were the two main sponsors of the bill to reduce taxes on, on, uh, oddly enough, like women's, um, sanitary products. Like we did that together. We aligned, we found something we agreed on and yes. aligned with lowering people's taxes on something that they need. And we got it passed. I love that. And, 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 and this, how people spend and how people vote will also show, you know, that there's also some Republicans out there that what I call Republican and name only rhinos. And you can see that, you know, there's somebody else pulling the strings. There's somebody else that's and you can look to see who funds the campaigns or, or what the motive is. The motive is to, you know, to be able to practice law and to and to argue against the same judges that you appointed into office, things like that. There's there's always a string to pull on. When you pull on it hard enough, you can figure yeah. out where all the corruption is. You know, we're going to talk a lot about finances and, and being fiscally responsible um, throughout the time. And and if that bores you, understand this, that that it's your tax dollars. Look at your paycheck. And then come back and listen to the podcast again, because um, you know there's there's three things. Um, there's the the speed of sound, there's the speed of light, and there's the speed of the government wasting your money. Yeah. And you, you and I both agree. Yeah, we we agree that the government is is does a really great job of wasting money. And yep. we can show you many 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 ways that they just waste money. And because there's no sustainability around it, there's this thought of instant gratification that, hey, let's do this now. This will feel really good right now, but guess who pays for it? My children, your children, your retirement, your children's children. So this instant gratification, people aren't taking this into account because it feels good right now and it's going to get me votes right now. It's going to win me a popularity contest. And Jordan, you and I are in this for a popularity contest. And and Christians need to understand that when we talk about political things, this will not make you popular to talk about political things, but but it's not you. The Bible says, listen, people will not like you because not because of you, but because of me. This is what Jesus is saying. They're not going to like you because of me. You will suffer persecution because of me. And so, you know, swallow the pill that is this is not a popularity contest as part of life. We're called to live life and life to the fullest as it calls in John 10, 10. But that doesn't mean that everybody around us loves us and is super happy because that means you're lying to somebody. And also the word of God says that God detests lying. And so let's swallow the pill that this is, this is a difficult mountain to climb. And -hmm. I want to discuss that real quick, Jordan. This is the, 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 the mountain of government. You know, another thing that listeners and conservative Christians can do is put your money where your mouth is and show where where your treasure really is and support your good politicians. You know, Jordan, I remember you've you've ran several times and I think, you know, understanding and being in 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 a friendship with you is understanding one of the hardest things to do is raise money. Mm-hmm. you know, and raise funds to have a successful political campaign because it's not easy. It's yeah. difficult and it costs money. And mm-hmm. that's one thing that, that people do. They they clam up real quick and they shut their pocketbooks real quick because they don't understand 
how difficult it is and what we're actually trying to accomplish and how yeah. it benefits everybody. So we're going to talk about that a little bit as well. Sure. And the, the, Going into the state house, I knew the way that I vote, like the way that I was going to vote, would not be very popular with kind of the establishment and the the lobbyist class, because um, they're the incentives there. Like we're saying, uh, it, it's hard for good principal folks, conservatives, to raise money because most of the money is coming from those that lobbyist class that want stuff from government. I want to, the government to leave people alone by and large. Like I want the government to enforce justice, enforce contracts and generally leave people alone. But the money side, you know, they realize the other side realizes if they invest their capital, money, time, resources, they can get stuff from government. They can get, which is us. Like we fund the government. The government takes our money to do these things. So they figure that out. Our side is kind of, oftentimes struggled to figure out it does cost us something on an individual level if we want the government to leave us alone because of the system that we have. The other thing I thought about constantly when I came in, knowing that I wouldn't be liked very much by the way that I was voting, because I'd be voting against you know, the way things have always been, uh, is to be as go out of my way to be as nice as possible to everybody. Uh, on a on a personal level, to genuinely and genuinely mean it, like be personally uh, nice, kind. What can I do for you? Can I open the store? Can I go grab you some coffee, some lunch, whatever? Uh, how can we work together? Because I know that we're going to vote differently on some stuff, and uh, let's you know try to build some bridges uh, on that level, like on that personal level, because these politicians are still people. Not all of them are totally corrupt. Most of them go in there with good intentions. And kind doesn't always mean tell them what they want to hear. In fact, it's usually the opposite. Is there anything else uh, today that you want to let our listeners know, um, you know, as well, a political I hope, insider? One, I hope they subscribe uh, and that they know, uh, give us a little bit of grace as this is the first time we've recorded a podcast that things are going to get better as we get uh, a little bit more experience with it. I know you to be a person who is pretty much good at whatever he picks up, whether it's musical instruments or nonprofits or business or sales or whatever it is. So y'all give Josh just a minute and this is going to be one of the best podcasts you've ever heard. I'm sure. Oh, I appreciate that, Jordan. And, and thank you guys uh, for for tuning in and joining Jordan and I on this journey. And again, please subscribe. Um, it's available on all major platforms. And if you're not a podcaster, guess what? We've put it on YouTube as well. Um, and you can follow us on our social media channels. Find, find the episodes there. But we're going to continue to explore the intersection of faith and politics. If you would like to write us with any questions, um, you can get, go to currentsituationpodcast.com, and you also see on there is contact at currentsituationpodcast.com. Thank you for joining us on Current Situation, and uh, we look forward to hearing um, more from Jordan and his political insights next Thursday.